Hey, everybody, welcome. Thank you very much for joining. My name is Matthew. Today, I'm going to talk about Bitcoin ordinals and base money. All right. So, you know, my favorite hobby horse to always come back to is the concept of base money and Bitcoin. And we're going to do it today through all of the ordinal inscription NFT and JPEGs coming on Bitcoin hype. I've actually never shown this chart uh, yet in the short history of my YouTube channel. Uh, in green here on the left axis, you're going to see the daily average transaction fees in dollars. Okay, so unlike the native unit, which is uh, Satoshi's per byte. Uh, this is just a daily. We're not looking at blocks. We're not looking at memory. We're just straight up looking at how many fees are paid in total to miners each day. Multiply that by the Bitcoin price that day. And then, of course, divide that by the daily number of transactions and you will get the average transaction uh, fee on the Bitcoin network in dollar terms on that specific day. You can see there's basically two uh, major spikes here. All right. And if you look closely, we have the third coming here today. Very quickly, you do have a small spike, small, small spikes uh, back in 2013. Uh, one of the first largest uh, booms in Bitcoin's history, going to over 1200 bucks per Bitcoin. You get up from, say, five or six cents to 65 cents. And again, this is a function of not only the data, but it is a function of the price at the time. Bitcoin's price at the time was much lower. The usage, of course, as well was much lower. So you're going to have a lower dollar cost per transaction. Uh, but let's look at, as I said, the two main uh, spikes here. We have one. Let's zoom in. 2017, the famous segregated witness soft fork SegWit BIP 141 was activated here in August 2017. The Bcash uh, chain forked immediately thereafter um, and Bitcoin continued on. And so after after SegWit was activated, you know, not enough people were using the more efficient uh, wallets and addresses that SegWit afforded at this time. You actually had the first major spike where fees went up to 70 bucks per uh, transaction in December 2017, precisely, precisely on the day that Bitcoin peaked around 20 thousand dollars per bitcoin and it took a while and segwit uh segwit usage increased here which is basically again a more efficient uh wallet more efficient addresses to send bitcoin that in increased here all along so fees eventually started to go down of course the hype fell as well of this boom in the bitcoin price and the fees fell back down to pretty low levels you know under a dollar uh for all the transactions that were happening on the Bitcoin network. A little bit of a spike here along with price again in uh, early to mid 2019. And then, of course, the second thing we can see here, major spike again in 2021. What was it? A uh, little bit lower the top, but still 60 bucks per transaction per day. That's the daily average per transaction. That's big. So, you know, if you want to spend $100,000 uh, worth of Bitcoin on the chain that day, it might be okay. But if you are one of these uh, people that very much wants Bitcoin to be for everyone, as I do, the uh, smaller 
dollar or Bitcoin value transactions really will suffer here. It would basically seem absurd to spend anything less than $60 worth of Bitcoin if your fee was $60. And then, you know, no one even wants to spend 100% transaction fee either. So you got to be well, well over this amount to make a transaction to even sort of want it to make sense for you at the time. So $60 per day per transaction, that's a lot. But again, after the uh, the hype fell out and then we had the major, uh, really the, the only major uh, soft fork that happened uh, after SegWit, Taproot. Uh, that occurred here, BIPs 342342 uh, at the end of 2021, November 2021, Taproot activated and we see that the fees do fall back down a little bit. Some days they do go back under a dollar and people start experimenting with taproot addresses as well, which I know I'm not showing on this chart, but uh, it can be assumed that does help throughput and fees as well during this time. And uh, yeah, falls back down to under a dollar again. Uh, notice we never have been to the few pennies per transaction per day average uh, since 2017. We've always been at least, you know, as you see here, 30 cents in 2019, 50 cents, 60 cents, uh, and then sometimes can be much, much more, 70 bucks, 60 bucks. That's a lot of money on an average transaction per day, uh, Bitcoin. And then of course that brings us to today, okay? This data is actually the network data that I collect. This is as of two days ago, as of this recording. So May 7th, $19.75 average transaction on that day. Okay, so if you took all the fees paid to miners in native Bitcoin terms, converted that at the roughly $28,000 price uh, to Bitcoin, and then divided that by the total number of transactions in that day, not in the block, but in that day, uh, you're going to get $19.75 per transaction. So this is really uh, the third time that this has happened, okay? The third cluster of, uh, of major uh, fee spikes. Of course, no one knows the future. No one knows how long this will go on, but uh, by any indication of what I have seen in the last couple days, uh, I do think this will continue for a little bit longer. And um, this is what's happening. It's quite interesting that Bitcoin has uh, brought uh, something that was touted for years on other networks, uh, uh, the purpose of them to have different use cases, different things like NFTs or ICOs, whatever it might be. Now, with the introduction of Taproot, Bitcoin transactions can be even more efficient and you can put uh, bits of data that will allow these digital signature of a JPEG type thing NFT type thing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's really nothing that I'm interested in. I definitely think that it is uh, beyond the case of art. It is uh, pure speculation and pure gambling uh, when you talk about NFTs. But hey, to each their own. I think it's quite interesting that this was brought to the Bitcoin protocol uh, and perhaps, perhaps in a more scalable way than any other network uh, thus far. We'll have to see about that. But anyway... Uh, ordinals have arrived. It's been uh, a few months or so since they've really uh, come on the scene. And this is where we are. Now, the thing that I really want to say, of course, in this video for the one millionth time, uh, dear viewer, 
dear listener, if you are listening, I know that's a little bit harder with these YouTube videos uh, as opposed to the regular old podcast. But as I have said an inordinate amount of times on my podcast, on uh, this YouTube channel as well, Bitcoin is base money. Okay, so if we really want to understand what these spikes mean, you have to understand that Bitcoin is base money. Yes, Bitcoin is a protocol. It's digital. It's different than gold and silver, which are base monies of the past from time immemorial. Even before five, 6,000 years ago, read Nick Zabo's uh, Shelling Out uh, and other archaeological uh, evidence has pointed to this. Money, jewelry, ornamental purposes of gold, silver, other metals. Uh, these things are used for specific purposes. One, uh, to trade with someone that you're never going to see again. And two, as a dowry, to pass down uh, your wealth from one generation to the next. That's what base money is. All right, that's, that's what it is. That's what it's come from. That's how it's evolved in the economy. Bitcoin is that, all right? Unlike uh, fiat money, unlike a bank deposit, unlike PayPal, Venmo, uh, a credit card or a debit card, all of which are fiduciary media, Bitcoin is not that. So when you see these spikes in transaction fees per transaction per day, getting up to 60 bucks, 70 bucks, which has only happened twice in the history of the Bitcoin network, you have to understand that in the context that Bitcoin is base money. These spikes are not analogous to a Visa or a MasterCard credit card or a bank debit card transaction. They simply are not. Visa and MasterCard, as I've said many times, they aren't even part of the M1, M2, M3 money supplies. Visa and MasterCard, they are credit-like instruments. It's simply a ledger, a spreadsheet that they hold on their own network apart from the banking system. And whenever you want to settle with them, you have to pay off your credit card bill from your bank account to them. And they receive it in their bank account. But all of those transactions, all those hotel bills, all those restaurant bills, everything else, that didn't even touch the banking system. It's not even part of the, mon the broader monetary aggregates. It's fiduciary media, all of it, doesn't matter. Credit card, debit card, M1, M2, M3, whatever you're talking about, it's fiduciary media. It's not analogous. The transaction fees themselves, they are not analogous to what is happening on the Bitcoin network. Bitcoin is analogous to gold, to silver, and to the fiat monetary base, which is those dollars, euros, yen that you hold in your wallet or under your mattress or wherever that is analogous to Bitcoin. But very few things in the monetary world are analogous to Bitcoin that way. So when I see something like a technological advancement on Bitcoin, which has happened with Taproot, it's very interesting. And again, kind of pulling the, uh, doing the runaround other networks, which took a long time to do this. Um, Bitcoin, of course, which it wasn't uh, intended to, also took a long time to do this. Interestingly, yeah, there are, these JPEGs that are signed digitally in some way, shape, or form, and they are on the Bitcoin network now. We will see how that goes. We will see how the demand for that goes. I think it's going to continue at least this run, uh, if past is any prologue, at least for a couple weeks, perhaps a couple months. But 
we don't know for sure that it will be sustained. And as we saw with the 2021 price spike and the 2017 price spike, those spikes in price caused spikes in transaction fees, and that was due to speculation. All right, so that was not a normal occurrence for the Bitcoin network. It was due to speculation, and it didn't last. Okay, but supply and demand, the market will clear. That's how it goes. But again, even with a $60, $70 Bitcoin transaction, you have to understand that never, ever has and it never, ever will compare with Visa or MasterCard or any bank fee that you can possibly think of. It's incomparable. When you send Bitcoin over uh, the main net on chain, you send your UTXOs to your friend or to a business partner or to whoever across the globe, wherever, settling with finality in 10 minutes, or as we like to say, at least within an hour, typically, all right, you are sending base money. You are sending something completely, completely different than a confirmation from Visa that your restaurant bill was paid and you saw that on your phone. This is just completely, completely different stuff. So that's why these transaction fees will never compare. Uh, that's why they're very different. Now, notice I haven't brought on the layer two. Uh, these are off-chain transaction executable networks, uh, extension protocols. These are different things that are built on top of the Bitcoin network with the intention of scaling, and they're great. As I've said many times as well, uh, Peter Todd gave the great definition uh, from back in 2017, 2018, actually confirmed it to me on Noster. Uh, that it still holds, uh, according to his view. Uh, Lightning is a middle ground state. It's not quite a claim, but it's also not fully under your control. All of those things, they're still different. Those Lightning Network balances, they're different than on-chain Bitcoins. On-chain Bitcoins are just like base money, just like gold, just like silver, just like a dollar bill or a euro note. So these are the things that you need to be thinking about when you see spikes in the on-chain main net dollar per transaction fee per day. Now, am I happy about that for the people all across uh, the developing world that really want to use Bitcoin and want to send money on Lightning and want to use Bitcoin in a more scalable way? No, I'm not. I wish that they could take advantage uh, easier when on-chain fees are you know sub $1.00. Uh, even sub 50 cents, of course, would be better. Uh, that stuff is very early, whether it's Lightning, whether it's Fetty, whether it's any other uh, more advanced technological way to spend Bitcoin. And there are others that are definitely coming. Uh, we have exchanges as well. That's the oldest way to transact off chain. All of these things are fine for scaling Bitcoin, but all of them are not base money. They're just not base money. So, that's how I feel about the spike in fees. Uh, yes, I know I'm coming at this from a more hodler mentality. If you really want or need to use Bitcoin 24-7 for your business, if you need to use that, I can definitely understand your pain and see your pain. And based on the past, this could last for a few months. So, uh, But it's certainly something that we've seen before. 
and uh, I imagine we'll see it again even after this subsides. But this is market stuff. This is based on supply and demand. This is a decentralized protocol that is very analogous to gold, silver, or even a centralized uh, printing press of a fiat banknote in your wallet. You can hold that in a very decentralized and even private way um, where other people don't necessarily know that you have cash. It's a bearer instrument. Bitcoin is very similar to that. On-chain UTXOs are similar to that. That is not the case for Visa and MasterCard. So that's all I wanted to say about this video. I will continue this in the next. Thanks a lot for watching.